Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for joining me for another one of my podcast episodes today. I am so excited to have the lovely Zoe Greco with us today. So Zoe, if you don't know, is also known as the Merhipsy. She is an intuitive empath, spiritual coach, and podcast host who uses her gifts of clairvoyance, healing, and empowerment to help individuals step into their purpose, gain clarity on their lives, and find fulfillment and abundance in all forms. I love that, Zoe. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm so great and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. So as you are the first guest of 2024, obviously we want to talk about what the energy is coming up. We're excited to dive into a whole new year together. But before we go into all of the goodness of your work, Zoe, I would love to know a question that I ask every guest is, when did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? So my story is a little bit unique in that um, I have had the honor and the privilege of being connected to my intuition from birth. So it's really funny. People always ask me like when they find out that I'm a psychic or an intuitive, they're always like, how long have you been psychic? And I find that question funny because I've been psychic my whole life. You've been psychic your whole life. We are all psychic our entire lives, but it's about being gifted the opportunity to remain connected to that awareness. And I just happen to be lucky enough, um, although I think it had a lot to do with my soul contract in this lifetime, to be born into a family that was supportive. So I always say I love my dad, but he wasn't necessarily 
conscious. Um, he doesn't necessarily know how to support me, but my mom uh, would take me to people like me my entire life. She would make sure that I had some sort of role model or some sort of um, mentor to look up to so that I didn't feel alone in the world because as I'm sure you can relate to being an intuitive person, being an empath, a highly sensitive person, the world around us is just not made for us. The way that we've constructed society does not foster and honor our sensitivities. And so I really feel fortunate that I was taken to psychic fairs and got to, you know, experience readings and all sorts of things with people from a very early age. However, I would say that even with that influence in my life, I still really tried to like be normal. Um, and I tried to take my gifts and put them aside. And it was very rare in my childhood that I opened up about this at all. So I think probably for people who went to school with me in my younger years, they might see my Instagram now and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> She's like, that's crazy. Because I was so protective over that part of me and really, really tried to protect my softness because I knew that the world was very sharp. Uh, and unfortunately, I didn't do the best job. I've had to do a lot of reclaiming. Um, but overall, I feel really fortunate to have been the kid that played with Oracle cards. I have the same decks that I've had since I was seven years old. Obviously, I've expanded my collection since then, including the ones that I've published and written myself. But I feel really blessed to have remained connected to divination, to source, to spirit, just in a very inherent way. And even from early childhood, I had adults seeking my guidance, wisdom, expertise. Um, and so now that I'm in my early 30s, it's kind of an interesting journey to age out of being like wise for your age. Now I'm just wise <laughs> and, yeah. and, it bef and it's befitting of my age. So I find that kind of a really funny transition going from like kid wonder to just an adult living and existing. Um, but I feel really fortunate to have had the opportunity to step into this as a career. And honestly, that was not what I was going for. Um, I knew that this was who I was as a person, but I was very, very, very hesitant to step into this as a career because I just didn't know that it was possible. So um, I once stayed at a, um, a yoga retreat in Thailand. And there was a woman there who was traveling the world doing readings with the very same decks that I had had since I was seven. And I just thought, well, wait a second, if you can do this, I can do this. So after I got a bachelor's degree in gender and Asian culture, whatever I thought I was going to do with that, uh, mm -hmm. I moved to Arizona and decided to um, step into a career in alternative healing. So I've done some deep studies since getting here. It wasn't my intention to stay, but I met my wonderful husband and here we are 10 years later. Oh, I love that. And what a journey Zoe as well. So what sort of, I know obviously you said you did your, um, your university obviously course as well there, but what did you kind of hope your career would be before you obviously stepped into the spiritual sphere? Was there a path that you followed and you kind of pivoted? That's such a great question. Um, the universe really just blocked all pathways for me. They were like, this is your calling. Stop avoiding it. And the only doors that really opened for me 
despite being you know educated and qualified, were roles that were related to this work in some way. So I actually was an instructional designer and then a, a professor at the age of 22 at a healing arts college. Um, so spirit kind of had me from the jump. But originally, I had intended to become a journalist. Um, I'm a writer and I love to write. And I'm very passionate. I think being an empath, I feel everything from every living being, every sentient energy at all times. And so that can feel like a lot. And so I felt this responsibility to become an advocate. So my desire was to travel the world and write about atrocities and things that people were turning a blind eye to. And I was very political also early in my 20s. And that was really the path that I thought that I would take. And Spirit just said, no, no dice, no go. And even before I graduated, there was a girl who I'd become friends with very serendipitously. Uh, and she said, you know, I spent the summer in Costa Rica and I met this girl who went to this school in Arizona and learned how to read toes, which I know sounds crazy, but that's a real thing. And I was like, mm, tell me more about this. So after going to private boarding school on the East Coast of the United States, going to college, my parents probably spent near a million dollars on my education, if I'm being honest. And it was hard for me to say, thank you so much. And I'm going to go be a professional psychic. And luckily they were extremely supportive, fearful, right? Like, can you like, I know you're psychic, but can you make a business out of it? And um, I feel really grateful eight years in to be able to say, absolutely. It's been a wonderful journey. And I found success really quickly, which I think is also part of the path, right? Like when, and I, I see this in you as well, like when your purpose is to share and to be seen and to be heard so that you can deliver a message, the universe sort of just begins to put you in the right places, in front of the right eyes, in front of the right ears. And so from, I want to say about 23, 24, uh, I had a business that grew quickly to six figures and I felt really fortunate to have, you know, a ton, my whole community, my husband, we're all entrepreneurs. And so I've always had a strong community of entrepreneurs behind me as well. So I feel really fortunate to have had a smooth transition into making this a career, but uh, yeah, it was not the vision that I had held for myself, um, but the universe always knows best. Always knows best, definitely. <laughs> so Zoe, your work focuses a lot on the aura. So for anybody who's listening, who's maybe heard of the aura, what is the aura? And how does this impact our manifestations and day-to-day -day energy? That is an excellent question. So essentially, your aura is, scientifically, it's the, the biofield that can be perceived externally from your physical body energetically, emotionally, spiritually, it is your distinct energetic imprint. So when I read auras, I'm actually looking at two different layers. And I may not discuss both in a session um, because I only have 45 minutes to dive into people and also answer their questions. But in these two distinct layers, I'm really observing your circumstantial energetic imprint, meaning how are the circumstances of your life affecting your energy? How is your aura demonstrating and displaying what is happening to you on an energetic level, what you're navigating, what you're processing, what you're experiencing? And then on a um, on another level, we observe the authentic energetic imprint, meaning who were you when you arrived here before you became interrupted by the human experience, by trauma, by pain, by difficulty? 
who did you come here to be? And how can we help you see yourself that way again by observing your energy? Um, the other thing about the aura though is that it changes moment to moment. So um, obviously that's why I like to look at a circumstantial aspect as well as an authentic imprint because who you are, who you came here to be does not change. Um, but how you evolve and grow into that person changes moment by moment. And to help people understand and also validate what they are navigating or what they're experiencing and helping to guide them through the infinite paths of possibility that exist from every moment to help them walk the path that takes them most directly toward their authenticity. That's really the way that I use auras to help guide and support people. Um, But I find that there's a lot of misinformation about the aura because it's becoming this like hot trendy thing. Uh, And also I think something that should be acknowledged is that there's not really one specific right way to observe or interpret an aura. So for instance, one of my favorite people, my friend Dougal Frazier, he's a Hay House author um, and now an Oracle card creator. He and I talk all the time about how he is, um, you know, the way that he perceives color and what those colors mean don't necessarily line up with the traditional interpretation of aura colors. And I myself have a very similar experience. Even Dougal and I don't perceive each color exactly the same way. Um, but for me, I actually have synesthesia. So I perceive emotion. I'm a clairsentient and a clairempath. So I, I perceive emotion. And then I actually associate that emotion with color. So for some people, they can visibly see an aura. And although that is possible for me, it's not the predominant way that I interact with people's energetic imprints. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we love Dougal here on this podcast. He has come on and shared all of his amazing color work. So um, I love that. And it's really interesting, Zoe, how you explain it, because I haven't heard it explained like that before. So I love how you put it and how it aligns us with our authenticity and, you know, aligns us with the path that we're, we're kind of meant to be walking with that. So I am not the biggest expert on auras, but I must admit, whenever I go to my body spirit fairs, they have these aura photography kind of things. And I do get it done and I do pay for it. But my friend George um, specializes in auras as well. And he says, Emma, they're a load of crap. So I would love to know, how can like, how do those aura photos work? And does it actually pick up our aura? That is an excellent question. Um, I'm not an aura photographer. However, I do believe that the, the, the aura camera. So there's a couple of names for them. Like there's the aura camera 6000, which like sounds like the Nimbus 2000. You know, it's like, it feels like a made up thing. Um, but it's real. And they have these specific cameras that can actually capture a moment of your energy. They can also capture what is most predominantly showing up in your energy. And I do think that there is validity to aura photos, but I don't think that they really necessarily capture the full picture, no pun intended, of who you are. Um, I believe that they are a snapshot, quite literally, into like they're a window into your energy, but they're not necessarily the definitive aspect of your energy. I also think that, and Dougal and I talked about this recently as well on my podcast, that like people want a single aura color. And I've just never resonated with that. So there's amazing practitioners out here in the world who make a living telling you like your aura is purple. And to me, we are multidimensional people. And to believe that my aura is only one color just feels 
restrictive, limiting, um, and unaligned. So I believe that the aura photos can share a predominant feature, maybe like a main color with some hints of other colors. And I do believe that they interact with your bio field. If you've ever had an aura photo taken, I know you have, but for listeners, you lay your hands on these receptors and then they pick up on your bio field. So I believe that there's sort of a a combination of things happening there. Um, And I think they're a wonderful invitation for people who are curious and also who need to see it to believe it, right? Because there's some of us who do, like we're humans and we're like, make it physical, make it tangible. And I think that's an amazing tool for people seeking that type of experience. Absolutely. And they're fun to do as well. I have to say it's a bit of fun. (laughs) Go see what our aura is today. I love it. So now we know what the aura is, Zoe, how can we protect our aura and use our aura and energy to manifest our desires? This is such a great question. I love these questions. Um, To protect your aura is truly a very subjective process because as energetic beings, we are all so distinct and the things that we've experienced and our boundaries and our needs and our desires and our ambitions are so unique to us as individuals. So for some of us, protecting our aura looks like getting really into biohacking or like, you know, really working with our physicality, working with our energy through our physicality. For others, it looks like setting boundaries with family members or friends or distancing ourselves from certain relationships that no longer honor who we are becoming. Because if you think about it, in a way, the aura is not just an image of what is happening in this moment, but you can look at the aura in like every direction of time and space. And so the aura also kind of indicates where we're headed, where we're going. And to be able to follow that trajectory, we have to remove the things from our path that are obstacles or obstructions to that path, which involves people, places, opportunities, career options, um, habits, patterns, belief systems. There's so much that we have to remove from ourselves energetically in order to create an open pathway. So for each person, that will look really different. There are, of course, things that we can do in a given situation. So with the holidays coming up, especially here in the States, we've got Thanksgiving, which is a family holiday that I'm so interested in you know, from a cultural perspective, but well, that's another podcast, but also from a social perspective, people dread the holidays and going to be with their families. And for some of us, we really enjoy it and like it. I'm one of those people, but there are others that are like, I'd rather eat myself off a cliff than be here with my family. So for those individuals, um, there are some techniques and some practices that I really love. So the bubble, right? Putting yourself in sort of a glowing iridescent bubble and declaring to your guides and to the universe, only that which serves you may enter and only that which serves others may leave. So there's, you know, holding the visualization of the bubble. I like to see mine as kind of pink and iridescent. Um, I also love crossing my fingers. When I'm in a space where there are people that I just do, do not want to enter my space because your aura also responds to proximity, right? So, you know, if you are near another person, your auras are actually touching and overlapping and engaging, which is why, you know, being careful with those that we let into our lives, into our bodies, into our human experience is is important. But when you're in a space like that, one of my favorite techniques is subtly just crossing your fingers. So you have no idea that I'm even crossing my fingers right now. You have no clue that I'm protecting myself. And it's just this very subtle, physical, tangible way to support yourself 
and allow yourself to feel energetically protected. So those are just two of my favorites. The other thing that I would say is really important to aura care would be cleaning and cleansing your aura. And I always relate this to having a dog. So I have three and I actually can see my husband running them back and forth to the groomer who comes to the house. I'm like been watching him do that. It's a little bit distracting. And uh, when you have a puppy, let's say, and you let your puppy outside and they roll around in all the dirt and the mud and the ticks and the leaves and all the things, if you let your puppy come back inside, A, they're going to get your house really dirty, but they're going to be uncomfortable. They're going to be itching and scratching and they're not going to feel comfortable. So to care for your puppy when they get dirty, you have to wash your puppy, give them a little bath, take them in the bath and just give them a little scrub. And that's the thing that we have to do with our aura. So salt baths, using crystals, using moonlight, using intention, visualization, declaration, affirmation. There's so many sound, right? There's so many ways that we can cleanse and clear our energy. And it's about finding the modality, once again, that subjectively resonates with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, what you say about when you're in close proximity to people is so important because I know like way before I learned all about energy protection and, you know, the hygiene of your aura and things like that, you know, I would go into large crowds or go into busy cities and you'd come away feeling just drained and tired. And you think like, oh my God, like, what have I done today? Um, You know, and I noticed the difference now that I do daily energy protection. And, you know, I really kind of like energy hygiene with my aura. Like I noticed a huge difference where, you know, I can go into those situations and feel better. Maybe not 100% perfect or human, but, you know, I definitely notice the difference when I do do it to when I don't do it. So it's really interesting how something so simple as just that quick visualization, like you said, can be so impactful just to do quickly in the morning each day. Absolutely. The the practice of energetic self-care is so potent because and i think we think about this from a from like a self-focused perspective but truly imagine if we all took responsibility and accountability for our energy what our human experience would be like because basically what we're doing is walking around just spilling our energy on top of each other all the time and i think as we become more aware of our own traumas and really sit with them and befriend them and face them and understand them we can begin to see it more readily in other people like, oh, you're not mad at me. You're mad at you. Or like, you're not mad at me. You're mad at your mom. Like we can really understand the source of each other's pain. But without that consciousness, we're just feeling friction and we're feeling rubbed the wrong way and we're feeling resistance and you know repulsion and or attraction, right? Sometimes we're attracted to things that are not in alignment for us because they feel familiar. So by keeping our energy clean and clear, we are actually taking – emotional and energetic responsibility for ourselves and our impact, the ripple that we create in the world. So I think this is a really important thing. And actually something that you reminded me of is that as intuitive people or as empaths or highly sensitive people, it can feel very overwhelming to enter a space because we are just feeling either people's guides or their own energy or what have you, or all of the above. Uh, And For me also, I'm clairsentient. So my physical body is very sensitive. Loud noises, even just like being touched the wrong way, I can like bruise. I'm just very sensitive. So I think there's a technique that I've been learning over the last year actually that has been really helpful to me, which is adjusting your range of focus. So if let's say that I'm in a crowded restaurant and I'm with, I'm on a double date because this is actually where I discovered it. So I like to use this example. I'm with my wonderful husband, Ethan, two of our friends, and we're in this 
you know, we're at Nobu in Scottsdale. We're at this beautiful restaurant, my favorite food, and we're surrounded by people. And the vibe in Scottsdale, Arizona, for those who don't know, is unconscious, let's say. It's very unconscious. So I'm just surrounded by like unconsciousness, you know, like I feel like I'm awake and everyone around me is asleep. And it can feel really overwhelming because when people are unconscious, they're not responsible for their energy. So I have the option to feel the energy of all that is in the world, right? Tapping into the suffering, the joy, the the, the loss, the, the, you know, the obtaining, all that humanity is experiencing. I can focus on that if I want to, or I can bring my focus in to my surroundings. Let's say that my surroundings are still too overwhelming. I bring my focus in further to the table, to my friends, being present with the people right in front of me. If the people right in front of me are also causing me to feel unstable or unclear, bring your focus to yourself. And how do you do that? We do it through observation. So if I want to remove my focus from the world and I want to enter the restaurant, I can go, okay, what's around me? What am I seeing? What am I noticing? Then at the table, am I really listening? Am I really consciously being with the people that I'm with? Okay, on a smaller scale, am I really consciously being with myself? What do I feel? Do I need to adjust myself in my seat? Do I feel like I'm getting too full? Do I need to pay attention to how much I'm consuming? How can I – am I thirsty? Am I talking too much? Is my throat getting tired? Paying attention and becoming truly aware, it's that awareness and drawing your attention. And I think people don't realize that they have the power to do that. They think their their consciousness always has to be in the most expanded state. And we are here to have an individual human experience. Like, yes, we are a collective and that is our truth, but we must also be ourselves. And it is through truly being conscious and aware of ourselves that we can access our authenticity and the things that are most deeply meant for us. And I know that you know this as a manifestation badass, the things that are most deeply meant for us can only find us when we are being ourselves. Uh I came here to be Zoe. I love her. I love to take care of her. I love to make her dreams come true. She's special. She's unique. She's interesting. She loves glitter and sparkles. Like she's a fighter. She's feisty. She's Italian. She's an Aries. I chose to be Zoe for a reason. And I have to honor Zoe by being present in her. I have to choose to embody Zoe. So very long tangent, but to say that by adjusting our consciousness, that is how we actually exist in our human experience. But I think as intuitive people, we just always feel like we're living in the big, expanded, overwhelming state of things. And I really want people to understand it is a choice. Mm -hmm. It is not something that is outside of you. Spirit never wants you to do things that are outside of alignment or overwhelming or take you outside of yourself. Like they always want to bring you into you. So finding layers of focus is a really helpful tool. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing it. It's so powerful. And I think it's something so simple that, like you say, it doesn't take that long, but it just really helps to ground you back in and and bring that focus back to yourself. So thank you for sharing that. I love that. So Zoe, you also focus on numerology in your work. And I freaking love numerology so (laughs) we've had a numerologist on the podcast before but again for anybody who hasn't listened to that episode or has no awareness of what numerology is what is numerology and how can we work out our own personal numerology again a fabulous question uh numerology at the risk of being too redundant with your other guest is essentially the understanding of your energy person 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. ...life path and desires through the formulaic language of numbers. So very similar to the Zodiac, which is also formulaic and... Very, it's like a science. Numerology is also a science. And so by using the digits of your birth date in very specific ways, taking them and adding them or taking sections of it and adding it, as well as associating letters and numbers together, so numbers associated with each letter of your name, um, you can understand so much about yourself. And it is a very beautiful um, but also vast language. And I really love helping people understand themselves. I do numerology reports. So I'll do individual reports of helping you understand who you are, helping you understand your life path, like what you're here to do, what you're here to experience, um, helping you understand your compatibility with other people because we can definitely take a peek into the future and avoid heartache and heartbreak and difficulty by just maybe assessing if there's compatibility, a foundation of compatibility through numerology. And I actually looked into some of your personal numerology in preparation for today's session. And I have to say, it makes so much sense. Like just (laughs) being an observer of who you are as a person and also comparing that with your aura and the information of your aura that I've been kind of downloading all morning. There is so much to share and so much to discuss. And I love offering people not just clarity, but validation. I think a lot of times when people come to session, they already have an intuitive sense of who they are, but they don't feel that they have the permission to pursue that self. And so numerology is a really clear, very overt tool that says yay or nay. It says, this is the way, this is not the way. And of course, The cool thing about it is that it's not necessarily predictive, but it is informative. So you can use your numerology 
to be almost like the way that you would use a horoscope, kind of like, oh, what does this day have in store for me? And how can I navigate that with more consciousness so that I'm not falling into pitfalls and I'm actually rising to levels of, of achievement or desire that I didn't think were possible? And it just provides a new tool for consciousness. And I really feel that because I hadn't heard of numerology before, gosh, like three years ago. So I knew my astrology, like my big three. I kind of knew my human design. And I feel like astrology opened up a lot for me. And I feel like human design definitely resonated and kind of made sense of a lot of things as a projector. But when I learned my numerology, I was like, now it all makes sense. Now I understand. So I feel like numerology has been the most powerful tool for me to, like you say, really know myself, know the path and be like, right, that's clearly what I'm here to do. That's clearly what all of these challenges have been. Um, So yeah, I feel like it really helps me to navigate so much, Mm. so much over the three years I've known about it, but also even look back in the past and think, right, that makes so much sense now. (laughs) Absolutely. Because our, we have like a life path number, which determines, you know, the trajectory of our lives, but we also have personal years. So mm-hmm. for instance, I'm currently in a personal year five, which means that I'm expecting unexpected blessings this year, spontaneity, um, change in direction, which has all obviously come to pass, but we also experience um, collective personal years. So for instance, this year was a seven or 2023 was a seven, 2024 is a year eight. And so collectively examining our relationship to abundance and our motivations for abundance is something that's going to be very much in play on a global scale. And it's going to be really interesting because we've already watched systems financially begin to dismantle starting in 2020 um, when the new earth began to (laughs) emerge in a more powerful way. And so to see the way that systems are undoing themselves in order to be recreated in more alignment and with more consciousness of humanity, like to be truly decent to one another and to ourselves, um, I think this is a, it's going to be a very powerful year for us to begin to create new patterns as it relates to global wealth and individual wealth and the energetics of wealth. So a very exciting year for the collective. Definitely, definitely. I've been looking forward to the year, right? And I know that some people are like, power year. Oh my God, like, how's it going to play out in the collective? But I think, like you say, you know, there is so much positivity that can also come from that. And I think how anything plays out astrology forecast, neurology forecast, we can't predict everything. How it, you know, happens in the physical, we're just going to have to kind of find out. But I think there's lots of opportunity for really positive growth, like you say, there with wealth and abundance and finances. And I think, you know, it's a great year to harness that, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's interesting that we're talking about this number because you actually have um, the karmic lesson of eight in your chart. And I think that you are such a powerful guide in this, especially because you're, you know, you focus so heavily on manifestation and for you to do your personal work, to develop a healthy relationship with abundance and wealth energetics is what provides the sort of, it's what bolsters you as a leader and a facilitator for others. And it's so obvious that you have done the work and to see that this karmic lesson is already resolved for you in the first three decades of your life is very, very cool. Um, so I love that 
you can kind of be someone who says, hey, like I came to this earth with a karmic lesson around abundance and I have found the way to navigate this and circumvent this in my own life. Let me teach you. Let me show you. Let me guide you. So I think it makes you an even more qualified guide to know that this was one of your karmic lessons and you've overcome it. Do you want to know what's funny as well, Zoe? You may not know much about my history or like my previous business, but my previous business that I started in 2012, so when I was about 20, was a money saving and couponing business when I got in seven grand's debt. And when I heard that this was my karmic debt, I thought, hmm, money, finances. And now, you know, as I transitioned into Spiritual Queen, you know, I still teach money to some degree. It's not the pinnacle of all my work, of course. But, you know, I help people have positive mindsets of money now. So when you say that, it makes me think, God, nothing is ever a coincidence, is it? (laughs) You know, that was my path before. Now I do this. You know, it's so funny when you hear it. (laughs) May I actually share a little bit with you about your numerology? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So you may already know this, obviously, but I think it's cool for people to hear and to know. And this actually ties in a little bit with some things about your aura that I've been feeling really guided to share with you. So in looking at your numerology, one of the first things I noticed is that you have a ton of threes in your chart. Your personality number, your birthday number, your life path number is actually 33 slash six, but it's a master number, which makes perfect sense because here you are, a spiritual teacher. This is what you are here to do. And there was a quote that came through as I was you know, receiving this information for you. And Spirit said, as you discover inner truth, you become a stronger guiding light. So mm-hmm. looking at the trajectory of you energetically and numerologically, you're moving in a pathway that feels really exciting. And as a master number and someone who in this lifetime has agreed to be of a leader and you know a thought leader and a voice in this community, um, you have chosen a lot of responsibility, which is amazing. We are also grateful to you for doing that. And in doing that, um, and this is something I relate to very strongly, you will have to experience things or go through things that will allow you to guide others. Like you can't take someone where you have never gone. And right. so for you, you decided very much like myself. You're like, I'm going to fit all my like trauma and suffering into the early part of my life so I can get that done with and I can teach and I can lead and I can take people into places that I have found, that I have discovered through the personal journey. It's almost like I imagine it like if you're going through a really dense jungle and you've got a machete and you're like macheteing through all the jungle brush and all the intense, you know, like leaves and trees and you've cleared a path. So you come back and you go, hey guys, I cleared a path. I made a path. Come with me. And as you guide them on the path, it's not as easy as, hey, I did it. So I did all the work for you, but here's how it's done. Here's the tool. Here's the path. Here's the way. And you are also, because your master number is 33-6, you carry the energy of six, which is comforting, compassionate, nurturing. It's love. So all the things that you do for humanity you do because you love us, because you care. And I think that that's really what allows you to succeed in the way that you do is that you're coming from such a genuine, authentic place. And I feel like that can be felt even in your content. Like you're someone that before I even connected with you, I was like, wow, I just love what she does. I love what she creates. I've always enjoyed what you put out there. And whether it's your writing or whether it's, you know, the way that you help guide us with, you know, energetic downloads, like you really 
deliver this from a place of love. Um, and because you've got this karmic number eight, you had a lot to solve in terms of, okay, I need to make this take care of me so that I can take care of others. So mm-hmm. it's been a really powerful path for you. But something that came through that I wanted to share with you, actually, if you're feeling open to it, uh, is that you're being guided into some creative energy right now. Spirit wants you to be more creative in the work that you're doing or to give yourself more of a creative outlet to even just awaken your creative energy. There's a lot of red in your field. So like manifesting, obviously a huge, you know, thing for you. Um, and you're a powerhouse. Like you're not kidding. You're going to go the distance. Like you're already, you know, you're already you. Like that's a big deal. You're a big deal. But if you can imagine, you're going to be a bigger deal. And it's so obvious from your energy. There's also layers of gold that are coming into your aura as well, which means that your consciousness is ascending to new levels and your audience is going to start to feel this for you um, in 2024 because your level of consciousness is expanding and your eyes have been opened through shadow work, through interpersonal work. And it feels like in this moment that we're recording, there's still pieces that you're holding back for yourself. Like there's stuff that you're going through and you're dealing with that you're not necessarily sharing with the public. And I want to just say I validate that because I don't think that your audience is quite ready for like the 5D consciousness that you're about to drop on them. However, uh, 2024, you and your audience are going to go on a journey. There's going to be a lot more people that come in and some people that trickle out because they're not going to resonate with the high vibe that you are about to step into. And that's okay because we understand that everything is vibrational and nothing is personal. They don't suddenly dislike you. They just can't meet you in that vibration. And you personally are navigating what I would say are some heavier things. It feels like this has been happening for a little while. Um, There's layers of it that you've addressed and there's new layers that are arising. And Spirit wants you to know that you're really safe in this, that you're really safe to kind of melt into the shadow because the shadow is a portal that will allow you to walk out on the other side into deeper levels of light. Like the light that you are about to shine is 10 times brighter, which feels unimaginable because you are already, like I said, such a guiding light, such a big deal. Like that's the, I like to use that term. Like you're a, you're a big deal, a BFD, if you will. And, <laughs> uh, and Spirit is saying, let this happen, like surrender to it. And in your personal world, outside of work, they're asking you to to activate your sacral chakra a little bit more to really step into creative energy just for the sake of creating, not because it's going to lead to anything, only so that you can activate that energy and then you'll bring it into the business. But finding creative outlets for you as an individual. And also um, there is a little bit more freedom that spirit is asking you to offer yourself right now. A little bit more softness. Things have been very structured, which is actually one of your hidden passions for um, structure and organization. You, you're systematized. Like you've got this down. Like you're succeeding not by accident. Like you're succeeding because you're doing it. And spirit wants you to know that you are charming naturally. So many threes, like your creativity, your friendliness, your charm, your social effusiveness, there's so much that people love about you. You're, you're clinkant, you're sparkly, you're magnetic without trying. And spirit wants you to be a little bit softer toward yourself in this season because 
you're doing some deep work. And so giving yourself a little less structure and a little more fluidity is actually going to be really healing for you, especially because you have a destiny number of five, which is the free spirit. You're adaptable and you do best when you can be multifaceted and have a couple things that pique your interest and sort of fill you up, whether it's personally and professionally. But spirit wants to remind you, and I say this with all the love in my heart, to be careful not to be addicted to the work, like not to be addicted to to the grind. Um, and they they wanted me to ask you the question, when you feel, because I'm not saying you're doing that now, but when you do, when you slide into that, because I know you do, because I do too, uh, when it happens, what are you looking for? Like why, why? Because the truth is like, that's not where your value is. Like that's not where even like what you can bring to people, it's not really necessarily even in the offerings. It's in who you are as a person and the journey that you walk. And then just saying, I walked this journey. I want to show you. I want to teach you. I want to guide you. So the thing that um, I'm really excited for about you as well as your maturity number is another master number. You're an 11-2. And you have a lot of twos in your chart as well. Twos and threes. Your heart desire number is a two. So the thing you desire most in is just peace like to live a harmonious, peaceful mm-hmm. life above even that inner fire. Cause you're fiery. Like the grind in you is deep. Like you're, you'll go, you'll do it. So even That's above the grind, you desire peace and you're a sensitive person and your sensitivity is a gift. Like that is how you can do what you're doing. And because your maturity number is a two, it means that you're only going to get better at serving. Like you're you're just growing from here. Like it's a it's a straight line up. It's so exciting. And the the lesson, which also shows up in your karmic lessons, the two, self-advocacy, advocating for yourself, even sometimes against yourself. I need space. I need softness. I need I'm I'm sensitive. I can't just push, 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 push. I have to have softness, room to just go and paint a picture, even if I'm bad at it, just to paint, just to be with myself, just to allow my creative energy to flow. But with the amount of gold and orange and white that is coming into your field, as well as silver, which I don't see very often, uh, there is only growth for you from here. But I think people are about to be a little bit surprised by what you bring to them next year because it's like next level. And not to say that what you're delivering is not powerful. It's powerful. And I think that's what's so shocking about it is the people going, I I didn't know it could get better. I didn't know it could could enhance, but you're really entering 5D through all the shadow work that you're doing. And people are going to start to go, I don't know what she's talking about. While other people are going to go, holy shit, I've been waiting for you to talk about this. And your audience is going to change. Your opportunities are going to change. Everything is about to get next level. And in order to step into that, it's going to be important for you to give yourself the space, give yourself the softness. And also remember that there are so many threes in your chart. You're a double three in your life path. You've got your birthday number three, your personality number. You were made to be lucky. Like your whole life is like lucky. And that is why you can easily unlock these doors and go, oh, I figured it out, guys. Come this way. Like you need to be, you need to have lady luck on your side to do what you do. So, so much beauty in who you are. And I'm just so excited for this year and what you're about to guide people into and what we're about to see from you because I have a feeling this season of your podcast is probably going to be 
the most potent. Um, and this season of your work is about to be the most potent. So a lot of talking at you, but a lot of information that Spirit wanted to share. So I hope that it is received with the love that it was delivered with. Oh, just wow, Zoe, literally, like, thank you so much for taking the time to sit and prepare that and, mm. you know, share that with me, because it, it honestly means a lot. And, um, you know, I can just say for anyone listening, like Zoe has hit every single nail on the head, 100%, everything she said, 100% accurate. There wasn't one thing there that I was like, hmm, not sure, not sure. <laughs> I was like, yep, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, and it's really interesting, because I had a reading with one of my lovely friends, Trish, who has been a psychic who I've seen for many, many years, gosh, like a month ago now. And she said exactly the same things as you did about the audience changing, the up leveling. She was like, you know, you've got these new offerings coming in next year. Everything's going to change. And I was like, oh, my God. But I think it's just really nice to have that validation as well of like, mm-hmm. OK, the way Zoe delivered it, it sounds really positive. It sounds really good. And, you know, like, absolutely, like, this season of my life has, whoa, I mean, I've shared bits on the podcast, obviously, what I feel, you know, comfortable sharing at the point as I'm going through it. Um, But it has just hit me, like, left field of, like, whoa, did not see that one coming. But Mm. 100%, like, what you said with going through a lot very young, you know, I'm still unraveling and discovering that now, even at 30. But from age 20 to 30, like, oh my gosh, like when I reflected on that decade as I turned 30 this year, I thought like, Jesus, like how much has happened in a decade? Like trauma-focused stuff and also, you know, career success and the growth and the shifts and the, you know, even how quickly everything kind of propelled from the money business to YG now. I mean, I feel like I needed like a holiday after that decade as I turned 30. Um, but yeah, like even I've been saying pretty much every week on this podcast, like I'm going in my soft girl era now. I want to be in that soft energy. Um, Can you see like, this? <laughs> Softness. Softness. There you have it. And I just, so I'm 32. I'm two years older. And when I turned 30, the exact same thing happened. There's a lot of energetic similarities between us actually, which I'm excited to get into more on a personal level with you one day. But uh, the softness I have learned is actually the adoption of the feminine. It's like the embodiment of the feminine. And I don't, as someone who identifies as feminine, I don't personally want to create from my masculine. And it really caused a lot of burnout for me. So shifting my creative process and my intuitive process and my personal process into the feminine has been life-changing. Um, and I am the softest soft girl ev- like you will ever find. Um, I'm one of, I'm what they call a rot girl. Like I love to just get in a blanket and like rot in my blanket um, with my Starbucks, you know? And there's so much power in softness because what softness really is, is when we stop trying to grab the wheel from spirit. Like we tell spirit every day, drive me, take me, go. And then as quickly as we say that, we reach we reach across the car. I guess for you guys, it's the opposite way. You reach across the car and you grab that steering wheel and the universe is like, sorry, did you want me to do it or did you want to do it? And we're sending mixed messages. And it's, it's the way that we confuse the universe by saying, Jesus, take the wheel and then grabbing onto the wheel ourselves. And when we can literally sit back, close our eyes and go for a ride, we get there so much faster. But it's it's in the pulling. The, it's the lack of surrender. It's in the resistance that we suffer and we delay ourselves. And 
the softness is that feeling of just going, okay, go ahead, universe, you drive. And it doesn't mean we don't have work to do. It just means that we don't have to force and forcefully create every opportunity. Like they will find us. Mm -hmm. So there's magic and softness. And I am really excited to see the way that that unfolds for you this year. Yeah, definitely. And it's very true because throughout my book journeys and throughout the shadow work as well, you know, I'm really leaning into that mantra of I don't chase, I attract. And actually, Mm -hmm. it's okay for those things to come to me as well. And I can actually manifest with the feminine energy more as well and not just from the masculine. And the both can coexist and, you know, marry together to create, oh my gosh, these incredible manifestation tools where it's actually. I don't have to do all the work. So yeah, I'm really feeling that unpacking and that unraveling and that softening for sure. And yeah, it's been incredibly transformative work already. And I'm excited to see where it goes, where it leads with that. But Zoe, before I let you go today, I've got one last question for you. What is one piece of life advice that you'd like to leave my lovely listeners with? (sighs) Such a great question. I would say, at least what I'm learning right now, is that vulnerability is the key to authenticity. And on your path to becoming vulnerable, it will be uncomfortable because you will make mistakes and you will be vulnerable to people who can't hold it. You will place your softness potentially in in hands that can't be careful with you. Um, You will misshare, overshare. You know, There's confusing steps to discovering and embodying vulnerability. But to be vulnerable is actually giving yourself permission to be who you are and let that be seen. And we are here, like I said earlier, like I'm here to be Zoe and you're here to be you. And you can't be that self if you avoid that self. So vulnerability is the pathway to authenticity. And even when it feels uncomfortable, lean in because the medicine is there. It's in the leaning. It's in the shadow. And the shadow is not scary. It's an illusion. It's a puddle. You know, it looks like a big, deep, scary ocean. It's just a puddle. And you fall right through it into higher realities. Love that. So, so powerful. Thank you, Zoe, for all of the pearls of wisdom and all of the great tips and tools you've given us today. It's been such an incredible episode. So where can everybody find you, Zoe, if they want to learn more about your work? You can find me at merhipsy.com, M-E-R-H-I-P-S-Y.com. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at the underscore merhipsy. Just be careful of scammers out there. I am verified on Instagram, but not on TikTok. And so the scammers have all moved to TikTok. But um, you can always find me on socials. My DMs are open. I love to talk to you. And um, I'm available for individual session, numerology readings, all of the above. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much, Zoe, for coming on today, for sharing your pearls of wisdom and for the lovely reading that you gave me as well. I super appreciate it. And I'm sure everybody listening has loved this episode as well. So thank you so much. It's my honor and my pleasure. And I also just want to thank you for being who you are and delivering the medicine that you deliver to the collective because they need you. And so I'm so grateful to you for showing up as yourself being you and being willing to be seen because you are a guiding light and that light is just growing brighter every day.
So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for joining me for another one of my podcast episodes today. I really hope you've enjoyed Zoe and I's conversation. As always, you can find a clickable link to Zoe's work in the description below. And if you want to find out anything more about myself, my coaching, my books, my videos, or anything else that I have to offer, you can find it all at emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here, because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget you can also join me in my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook, where you can join myself and other like-minded souls, where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a fabulous week, whatever you're up to, and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.